0: Morning everybody, great to see you uh, this morning. Um, I wonder if you've got any sort of family Christmas traditions. Um, We used to have one when I was growing up, it wasn't really a tradition as such, it was something we just had to do. Um, Every single Christmas and at no other time in the year we used to have one of those red biscuit boxes, I think they were called Rover or something like that, and they had a double layer in them. And so you got a whole mixture of lovely, nice chocolatey ones, and then you got the, hot, the ones that nobody really wanted, you know, the shortcakes and the Garibaldis and all the other bits and pieces. And we were not allowed to break into the second layer <laughs> until we'd eaten every single one of the top layer. So it was a bit of a standoff sometimes, hoping that someone would eat the last shortcake biscuit so that we could go down and get into the chocolate ones and stuff in the second layer again. And I, do you know what, sometimes I think about Christmas like that, and Christmas can, you know, the first time we get excited about Christmas, and then then we know the story, it's so familiar, isn't it, and then it becomes, I, say, I don't want to say mundane, but we, we kind of just want something new and exciting again in the Christmas story, and we want to break into the second layer. And my prayer this morning is that we'll break into the second layer. I say, I say to God every year, show me something new, something different, something, something that's going to ignite my heart again about Christmas. So let's, I hope and pray that that's what's going to happen a little bit this morning. But first of all, let's read together. The passage I've been given is uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, with a specific um, uh, focus on uh, uh, verse... And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, Thank you. So this morning, we're looking at Jesus, a message of joy. Well, the supermarket Christmas adverts are well and truly upon us, aren't they? We have Buddy the Elf spreading Christmas cheer across Asda, Waitrose promoting the care that they put into all their Christmas food, and Countess Alison Hammond in the Sainsbury's advert, who doesn't like Christmas pudding, and demands something different from the cook, or he will meet his demise. But in relation to this morning's message, I was particularly drawn to Tesco's Christmas advert, which starts with these words, Britain, there's a joy shortage. And the advert then goes on to say, we have formed the Christmas party to help. And then using the pattern of a political party canvassing for votes, They promote their Christmas food and wine. And at one point in the advert, you see a team of Tesco workers outside a family's house singing an alternative version of the 12 days of Christmas and displaying a sign that says, We stand for joy. Joy, according to Tesco's, is Christmas dinner for five for £25, three for two on party food, their finest mince pies for one pound twelve, and all bedtimes for children to be scrapped. <laughs> and at the end of the advert, they declare again, we stand for joy. I think it's a pretty good advert, actually. I agree with one part of it. There's a joy shortage. Because across our nation, in fact across our world, there's huge dissatisfaction. You don't have to look far, do you? Transport strikes, postal strikes, the NHS under huge pressure, the cost of living, increased interest rates. For many, there's a joy shortage. However, the part that doesn't make sense to me in this advert is that a £25 Christmas dinner, some bargain party food, and children going to bed whenever they like is somehow going to bring joy to everyone. But it depends on your definition of joy. I think it's fair to say that joy and happiness easily get confused because the words are so easily interchangeable. However, in their simplest form, I think there are things about happiness and joy that distinguish them from each other. Happiness is a positive emotional feeling we experience from outside circumstances. When something good happens, it makes us happy. We get the job, we pass the exam, we get an all clear in our health, or a supermarket offers us some bargain Christmas food. Happiness is dependent on happenings. And happiness can be temporary and fleeting. It comes and it goes. But joy is different. Joy is something that is deep, deep in our souls. It's something that's rooted in Jesus Christ and springs up from all that someone has experienced of him. It has a foundation in the incredible love and promises of God. It's not something easily removed by external circumstances. If I don't sleep well... I'm unhappy, but I can still have the overwhelming joy of Jesus in my life. You know what? Joy in Jesus Christ is such that you can face the most difficult of circumstances on the outside and that joy inside will be truly alive. I've witnessed that in so many of you when I've had conversations about the circumstances you find yourself in, but I can see the joy in Jesus alive in you. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthian church, lists a whole load of things that he has gone through in life. And he says this, I may be sorrowful, yet I'm always rejoicing. In its simplicity, and it is simple my sim- my, for my simple mind, happiness is dependent on happenings. Joy is dependent on Jesus Christ. Now, I said that is very simple, and I do want to say this I don't think that we as Christians have somehow got some exclusivity on joy. I think there are other things that do bring us joy a newborn baby, a wedding day, something that brings an unexplainable feeling. But when we look at this account of the shepherds, The joy we find goes to a new level. Verse 10, which is our key verse for the day, says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And this was my little moment of God telling me, here's something new for you. And all of you are probably sitting there thinking, have you never seen that before? He didn't say, the angel didn't say, I bring you good news of joy. I bring you good news of great joy. It's a level above. And then I found this. The word for great in Greek is megalo. Can you hear a English word in there? Mega. From, and that is where we get our word mega from. So the joy that the angel describes to these shepherds is mega joy. It's amazing. It's stunning. There's nothing like it. It is joy to and for the world. It's that joy that we find in Jesus Christ. And as we look at this message of joy this morning, I've got four brief things I want us to see. There's a joy in hearing about Jesus. There's joy in the presence of Jesus. There's joy in sharing about Jesus. And there's joy in recalling and remembering Jesus. Now, I said to you a little while ago, there's a joy shortage in Britain. Tesco say it, and most of us, I think, agreed. In first century Israel, there was a massive joy shortage. In the years leading up to Jesus' birth, the Roman Empire had experienced war. There was crime, interest rates were rising, property value falling, and immorality was widespread. And Caesar Augustus, with his great leadership, brought things under control. But then he sets himself up as the emperor of the whole Roman world. And he was a political saviour at that time. But what the world needed then and what the world needs today was a real saviour, Jesus Christ. And Mary and Joseph are the recipients of a promise that the Saviour of the whole world would be born to them. Mary is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the people of God are aware that the, the promised Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. But how do you get a poor couple who had absolutely no reason at all to travel 80 miles from a tiny village in Galilee in Nazareth in Galilee, to Bethlehem. Well, you take one of the most powerful men of the time to take a census, ordering everyone to travel to the town that their family line is from. And Mary and Joseph head to Bethlehem. And Luke tells us that while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. That decree of Caesar Augustus goes out in God's perfect timing and according to God's perfect plan to bring his son into the world in the exact place that he said he would be born. God takes something in the world and turns it for his purposes. God's promise to his people a few hundred years earlier perfectly kept. God used a powerful political saviour to bring into the world the one true saviour who was to bring joy, great joy, mega joy to all people. So Jesus is born, laid in a manger because there's no proper place for them to stay while they are in Bethlehem. You know what? Luke's account is so very simple. A quiet, humble, barely noticed birth. But that was about to change as we cut to a field nearby where some shepherds are about to be the first to know the joy in hearing about Jesus. Now here's something else I discovered about shepherds. Through Israel's history, Being a shepherd was a really noble occupation. But by this time, shepherds were nobodies. And I'll give you an idea of how much of a nobody they were. In social status, they were placed just above lepers. They were considered unclean. They moved around a lot and lived an isolated life. They were suspected to be thieves and they were mistrusted. They were not allowed to give testimony in court they would not have been the first people on the list to hear this news of great joy of the birth of a much-needed saviour. Doesn't that show you that the good news of Jesus is for everyone? It's for lowly shepherds, and it's for you and me, no matter who we are, what we've done, male or female, old or young, no matter our social status. And the angel says, I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel, and it's good news of great joy, and it is for all people. Right at the beginning of Jesus' birth, God makes it clear. No one is excluded who will believe and put their trust in him. And the angel goes on to describe the good news to these shepherds. Today, a saviour is born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He is saviour because he comes to rescue humankind from sin and bring peace between God and man. He is Christ because he is, because he is the anointed one. And he is Lord because He is God. And although the angel says he is for all people, the angel also says he is born for you and for me. It's wide and it's individual. In all of the shepherds' fear and confusion, they had just heard the most astounding and joyous message about Jesus. And hearing that same message of a Saviour who cares so deeply for us personally should fill us with joy, whether it's for the first time or for the hundred and first time. There is joy in hearing about Jesus. Secondly, there's joy in the presence of Jesus. The angels leave the shepherds and the shepherds can't get to Bethlehem quick enough. The passage says they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph and the baby. We've no idea how they found them, but find them they did. And the good news of great joy they had heard now became a reality as they found themselves in the presence of Jesus. And I can just imagine them uncontrollably trying to tell Mary and Joseph what they had just experienced and what they'd been told. I can imagine they were quite overcome as they encountered this incredible special baby that they knew was the promised Messiah and saviour of the world. It must have been incredibly confusing to see the saviour of the world that they'd been told about lying in an animal's feeding trough. And yet at the same time incredibly powerful as they looked at his face and were overcome with joy. The presence of Jesus is a place of joy. The shepherds weren't the only ones to experience it. Even before Jesus was born, Mary, while she was pregnant, had visited her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. And as soon as they greet each other, Elizabeth's baby leaps for joy in the presence of Jesus. The Magi who visited uh, Jesus when he was a little older, when they saw the star they were looking for, were overjoyed. And that joy continued as when they found the child Jesus, they fell down and worshipped him. And we too should have joy when we are in the presence of Jesus. Every time we encounter him through worship, through his word, through prayer. The Holy Spirit alive in us brings us joy, a joy that overcomes our circumstances. One of the first things I had to do as a young police officer was go out with the forensic team to understand what they might look for when they go to a scene of a crime. And I remember this scenes of crime officer that I went out with, him, and that what he said to me has never left me. He said, whenever you go to a scene of a crime, he said, always think this. He said, every contact leaves a trace. Every contact leaves a trace. And do you know what? When we've encountered Jesus, in whatever way, it should be obvious to others. There should be a trace of Jesus on us. When we encounter Jesus, it should lead us to want to share that good news of great joy with others. And guess what? That's exactly what the shepherds did. There was joy in sharing about Jesus. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These shepherds are overflowing with joy at what they had experienced and seen and they can't help but tell others about it. There's great joy at having an open opportunity to tell someone else about Jesus. To tell someone about the Jesus we know and love and there's even greater joy at seeing someone receive him as Saviour and Lord recognising that the Jesus of the first Christmas grew up to become the Jesus who loved the world so very much that he hung on a cross, rose from death and ascended to heaven from where he will return and bring all who receive him as saviour to eternal life. Jesus himself said, there is great joy in heaven over one person who repents. There's a joy shortage out there, and it seems so obvious to say, but as society, as a society, we've moved further and further away from Jesus, from his teachings, and from all that He wants to bless us with. And consequently, joy has slowly been eroded. Last year's UK. census saw a dramatic decrease in those who would identify as Christians. And yet at the same time, we see a society of sadness and brokenness. I think that tells us everything we need to know, doesn't it? The enemy looks for opportunities to steal joy. And those of us who know the joy of a life with Jesus need to step up. It's time for us To stand for joy. To stand for the transformational joy of Jesus that will bring hope, love, life and peace to individuals, families and communities. And there's no easier time than Christmas to invite somebody to a service or to engage with them in some other way. Ruth has already highlighted it earlier in the service. I didn't know she was going to do it. Just another bit of evidence of the spirit, I think, at work this morning as things have all come together individually. Next Sunday evening, we've got our Carols by Candlelight. And if last year is anything to go by, it's going to be really good. If you're worried about what you might invite somebody to, you don't have to have any doubts about the quality of... Of next Sunday evening. What an opportunity for people to hear about Jesus. Maybe you'll invite them to come in person but if you don't send them the YouTube link and say watch it online. You don't have to be here but watch it. There's an invitation there and people will not turn, turn to you and say uh, anything anyone says to you about an invitation to, to say for example next Sunday night. The worst thing that could happen is that someone could say Thank you, but no thank you. Nothing lost. And so finally, joy in recalling and remembering Jesus. The Bible tells us that Mary treasures up and ponders. And that the shepherds glorify and praise God for all they'd seen and heard. You know, both of them in their own ways recall and remember Jesus. Mary thinks deeply about all that's happened in her young life. While the rough and ready shepherds can't help but praise God openly, acknowledging that how, how true uh, the word spoken to them had been. And we need to take time to recall and remember who Jesus is and what God has done in our lives. Maybe some of you like to journal, keep a diary, give testimony. Or put on worship music and sing out like the shepherds did. I think there's great power in worship. When we worship, if it's just in our own homes, that just lifts our joy incredibly. I said earlier that the enemy wants to steal our joy. Some of us are in circumstances right now that we wouldn't choose to be in. Outside circumstances that are dragging us down, happenings that are affecting our happiness. But we have been given a joy, a soul deep joy of knowing Jesus, a mega joy that is ours as a gift and it's a gift to be protected and like the advert says we can declare we stand for joy and to ask Christine and Ben to come up I'm going to pray and what I'd like us to do is after I've prayed, we're going to have a simple, simple response. But let me pray first, and then I will lead us through a response time to hopefully what God has spoken into our hearts this morning. Lord God, we're so, so full of gratitude for Jesus. We're so full of gratitude, God, to, your, to, to the gift of Jesus to us. We're so grateful for the good news of great joy, of mega joy to the world. And Lord, our prayer this morning is you'd fill us again with that joy, that joy unspeakable, full of grace and truth. Come Holy Spirit and ignite our lives, our hearts, our souls with joy again. In the name of and for the glory of Jesus. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing a simple song. And it's a song that reminds us to turn our eyes on Jesus. And I just want to read through uh, a more updated version of this song. And tomorrow morning I'm going to send it out on the, on the prayer email so you can take time to listen to it and read it and, and, and take the words in again. But It goes like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes to the hillside where justice and mercy embraced. There the Son of God gave his life for us and our measureless debt was erased. Turn your eyes to the morning and see Christ the Lion awake. What a glorious dawn, fear of death is gone, for we carry his life in our veins. Turn your eyes to the heavens, our King will return for his own. Every knee will bow, every tongue will shout. All glory to Jesus alone. Jesus, to you we lift our eyes. Jesus, our glory and our prize. We adore you, behold you, our saviour ever true. Oh Jesus, we turn our eyes to you. So we're going to sing just the, the first uh, chorus of that, of that song. And I'm going to simply say this. If you want to stand for joy this morning the place we're going to find it is turning our eyes to Jesus. So as we sing, if you want to stand for joy, then let's do that in response. Because I think maybe there are some today who've never given Jesus a thought and who've never responded to the invitation to give their life to him. There may be some of us here who've lost our joy because we know we're not living as we should and I've been there and I can tell you when I've tried to live my life without Jesus I've had no joy and we want to say like David in the Psalms restore to me the joy of my salvation some of us maybe are wanting a renewed joy in sharing Jesus with others I do Others, maybe, are in circumstances where we know our joy has been stolen or is under threat. Circumstances of health, of finances, of struggles in family, situations in our workplaces, or a loss of work. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Or maybe we know that our joy is simply well short of what it should be. You know what? To behold Jesus is to have joy. Like the shepherds, the magi, Elizabeth and Mary, we find joy in encountering Jesus by turning our eyes to Him, seeking from Him His promised joy. Turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace so as we sing if you want a fresh anointing of joy from jesus stand if you are able or feel able to and when we've sung through two or three times i'll pray and we'll ask the holy spirit to renew our joy is closed. Father God we stand before you this morning, each one of us for a different reason, but each one of us standing for joy, I pray Holy Spirit that you will come and fill our lives anew with the immeasurable joy of Jesus, the mega joy of Jesus. Lord, for those who may be standing because they want to respond to you for the first time, will you ignite a joy in their life that they've never had before? For those who stand before you because they want to re-encounter you, Fill them, Holy Spirit, with your joy. For those of us, Lord, who need that fresh joy in going out and making you known, Lord, fill us with that joy. And Lord, for those who find themselves in circumstances where their joy is being ebbed away, Lord, I pray that they will know the joy of Jesus Christ filling their souls once again. (laughs) Jesus, thank you for your joy that is unspeakable, full of grace and truth. Fill our lives, I pray. For the glory of Jesus. Amen.